Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, let's do this. We are back live here on our big broadcast. Okay, lots of stuff going on, lots of things happening, lots of shenanigans taking place, all the usual stuff. So, let's do this. Let's try to get a hold of Olympia LaPointe, the fantastic Olympia LaPointe. Let's see if we can find her on the old uh, the old shenanigans over here. The old shenanigans, as I, as I call it. We'll see if she will join us on the old skip Skype, the Skype-a-rooney. Yes, that Skype-a-rooney. We're going to see. She is finishing up television, so I don't know if she is going to be quite available. Okay. She might be on TV still. So if she is still on TV, she of course obviously will not join us quite yet. So we'll see. And then of course Skype is giving me all sorts of issues. Okay. I think we might have Olympia LaPointe. She might be done with her television commitments. Olympia, can you hear us? Can you see us? I can see her. She is doing something fabulous in the background. I don't know. She is she is getting unmiked or remiked or someone's miking her. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. She's muted. She's got quite the background there, I'll have to say. We're just going to add Dan Perkins to the call. <laughs> we'll just add Dan in here. And uh, I don't know if Dan... There's Dan. Dan! Look at yes, that. Sir. There's Dan Perkins. He's at his desk. He's making it happen. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to. Well, you uh, you have recovered as, as well as anybody that I've... You know, you and Bob Hunter... Um, I have a photographer named Bob Hunter who recently had a stroke and that guy, he is back up and running. He's not walking with a cane. He's doing all sorts of stuff. You've had a damn heart attack and look better than people that I know that haven't had heart attacks. So (laughs) so you, uh, you have done, uh, you 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 are you are pretty damn amazing. Let me see if I can get Mr. Rizzoli in here and see if we can uh, add him to the mix. Ever since Skype decided it wanted to become Zoom, uh, I have to like get a user guide together to see if uh, 
<laughs> see if I can see if I know how to use this software. I've been using this software since 2007, and and now all of a sudden it's like they decided to change everything on me. Okay, I think we've got everybody. Um, Olympia, can you hear us? Can you see us? I can see you, but you're muted. You might have to unmute. I lost your picture. And then we got IQ, who is always not on camera. Always invisible. He's always invisible. Olympia, can you hear us now? And I cannot hear you still. Uh Uh-oh, what's happened? You're unmuted, so that's good. Olympia just got done doing uh, national television, so she's probably got all the gears and whistles, and she's probably having to change settings and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember when we had Wayne Allen Root on several months ago. We went; he went from doing Infowars to talking to us, and Alex's setup is completely different than a normal broadcast setup. So, can you hear me now? <laughs> there we are. We've got you. Look at that. Hey. We have got the fabulous Olympia Lapointe with us today, and I wanted to get Olympia on because she is. She is busier than a goat in a hailstorm 90% of the time. Um, she has got all sorts of things happening. And um, fairly recently, uh, Olympia has been on TV, been, been promoting all the various things that she does. So, Olympia, tell us a little bit about your latest project, because you've got all sorts of books and all sorts of different things Thank going you. on. Thank you. Can we? Is, how is the audio on your side? Is it good? You sound fantastic. You sound like you're sitting right next to me. Which, by the way, the way you look today, I was hoping you'd be sitting right next to me. So that's good. Aww, uh, but uh, <laughs> I really receive your compliment. Thank you for your kindness. Yes. <laughs> so, so you've got these books. Tell us a little bit about your latest book. Oh, gosh. Uh, Answers Unleashed 2 is my latest book. It's Answers Unleashed 2, The Science of Attracting What You Want. And it is a book to help you make six key decisions to create the life that you want and the year that you want. And I'm excited because I've had to do these six decision-making processes on my entire life. And then I decided to write it down in a book because that's the, that's the way I became a rocket scientist. I helped launch 28 missions into space and, and now write books and do TED Talks and, and craft my own AnswersUnleashed.com platform. And so in order to have created the success of my life, it's a lot of work. It's, it's not easy to be successful. It requires a lot of work, but there's our six key decisions that we each make in order to create the success in our life. And the book talks about the six key decisions that we can make on a daily basis to create the life that we want. And that is the life that we see for ourselves. And um, I'm excited because I also, for 2022, for the new year, I created the Quantum Deciding Planner. In my book, uh, Answers Unleashed 2, I talk about quantum deciding. And quantum deciding is the ability to make decisions looking at the future, Yep. Make decisions looking at the past and then decisions to be able to look at the present moment and make the best choice given where you want to go. So I created the planner to help people really 
100% make the decisions on a daily basis to create the year that they want. And they can go to answersunleashed.com slash quantum designing planner to download the planner as complimentary. And they can purchase the book if they like at answersunleashed.com slash book three. So that. that's what I'm doing. Well, Olympia LaPointe is with us. We have IQL Rizzoli. We have the great Dan Perkins. So, Dan, sitting here listening to Olympia, who is as busy as you are. Uh, <laughs> well, she didn't have a heart attack. Well, she didn't have a heart attack. So, uh, we know of. Not, not that we know of. Um, Dan. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, Dan, what, 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 what's, what's some of your first questions here for Olympia? And then we're going to. I, I know this is going to sound like I'm trying to be humorous, but I'm not. I, I was listening to what she was saying, and I'm going to be totally honest and tell you exactly what I thought. This woman needs to send a copy of her book, personally signed. Yes. Because he needs a lot of help trying to figure out those decisions. Because he's not he's got a track record a mile and a half long of making bad ones. And yes. um the, the the one that did popped into my brain as she was talking, uh she was talking about look, looking to the past, thinking about today to try and look about what the ramifications would be for tomorrow of what you do. And I thought I immediately thought of Donald Trump saying when he was president to the European nation, if Mr. Putin's going to cut off your gas and oil, we got your back. We'll send oil tankers and LNG ships and we'll keep you supplied. You won't be cold. And that was his principal check on Mr. Putin because he knew that he Europe's back, and he could no longer use the, the oil and gas pipelines yep. and that 40% of the energy that was going to Europe as a weapon to intimidate. But when Joe Biden came into office in January, he took that all away. And so he was immediately put at a disadvantage because Putin had all the, all the marbles, because he took away the, the, the support and the power that Donald Trump gave him as president. He took it away. And look what happened. And that's where we are today. Got to send him a copy of the book. Well, I think anyone will enjoy the book, whether it be a president or whether it be (laughs) your next door neighbor and a child. Uh, I I believe my book helps everybody, including the president of the United States, including everyone that wants to be able to make the best decisions. And so that's my take on what you have to say. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, I just thought about something as you said that maybe you should send about 435 copies to the Capitol. (laughs) Well, I really believe that everyone can make effective decisions. And I believe that the book can be sent to school districts. I believe the book can be sent to our congresspeople and our presidents and senators. I believe the book can be sent to uh, the people who are looking to create their next career change and, and navigate through that process. When we make decisions, it doesn't matter if it's a decision on the uh, individual scale of what we're going to do in our life, or we make decisions for our country. The fact is that our decisions count. What we do matters, and how we see the future and how we be able to bank on it matters, and that's what counts. And so I truly believe that 
the way we change our lives is through effective decisions and looking at all the data and facts, not the fake news, but the data and facts that's going to allow us to be successful where we need to go. And my background is the science, technology, engineering, mathematics. So I'm looking at how is this scientifically going to be giving me proof that the decision that I'm making is going to pay off. So that's what yes. I'm always looking for. Oh, you know, um, I'm not a I'm not an engineer. I'm a talk show host and a, an author, like yourself. Only I write fiction and you write you write nonfiction. Um, but my my point is, listening to you, um, I could probably spend an hour talking to you about trying to figure out what happened to the decision making process in our country. I look at what's happened, and and I look at critical race theory in education. I, I look at trying to, uh, to to cheat or try and teach children in elementary school, first, second, third grades of, uh, about sex and sexual orientation, and and I look at the decisions as, as it relates to energy policy, on and on and on. We lost, I think, as a nation, by and large, we have lost our ability to make good decisions like you're talking about and i wonder what happened where did we go where did we go wrong the individual level i can tell you that at the beginning the individual level in order to make you know uh i'm a firm i'm a spiritual person and um i believe that when you are able to effectively handle a little and master yep. a little you'll be able to get be given the ability to master more and then eventually master a lot if, if we look at that same type of philosophy and understanding and apply it to our decision-making and how the leaders just make decisions, the fact is that every single person makes it, learns to make a decision the first off from their childhood. Yes. And they, when they make a decision from their childhood, they learn hopefully what's right and wrong. They learn what is a beneficial versus something that is destructive. And they also learn about the importance of education. But the truth is that, let me break it down like this. When we master the ability to make decisions at a very young age, I mean young as in eight, nine, realize that there's there's consequences for decisions. Like if I do this, then we have two options that's going to happen. If I do that, there's four options that can happen. Yep. That type of critical thinking is no longer provided or stressed or maintained within the younger generations that when it comes time for them to make bigger decisions because they haven't mastered making the individual decisions on their particular life, they try and go into a position that is going to be affecting other people. And because they haven't become great decision makers in their own life first, that poor decision making spills over onto other areas and it affects other people. So I truly believe that once you can get into some a, a, a child's mind, a, a teen's mind, a young adult's mind and helping them see these are 
the, the helping them see number one, I call it the six different characteristics and six different dimensions of decision making. One, what is your faith? How do you see yourself a part of a bigger system? Like how do we each American see ourselves as a bigger United States, no matter what our individual philosophies are with our religion or, or political background? How do we see ourselves together? Uh, that's one example. But if faith is like, how do you see yourself in your family? How do you see yourself in your environment? What is your purpose here? Because all of us has a purpose. The second is, um, what, what is our identity? Each one of us brings something specific to the table. How can we master that, our uniqueness, and bring it? Three is our intent. How are we going to go into a situation and actually change it towards something better? Four is what are we going to learn? Every single time we're in a situation, when we interact with people, we're supposed to be learning. How can I learn something from this person that will help me navigate to where it is that I need to go? And our resources, How that's a fifth one, our fifth decision. How do we take our resources yep. and we use it in a way where we have what we need to go forward? And the last decision is through our relationships. How do I love myself and respect the person next to me when they don't think the same. How do I create yes. a strong relationship with myself as well as other people, even though we may not have the same decisions, even though we may not do things the same way? When all of those areas of decision-making is actually met and addressed and consciously being able to uh, be em it embraced and applied to our daily life, that's when we have leaders. That's when we have future thinkers. That's when we have people to be able to see what's going to happen down the line and come up with those contingency plans so there's going to be success because these type of failures in the system, these type of failures in, in individual plans are accounted for because someone is being able to see in the future to make the decision for that great future. Olympia, based on what you were saying, um, a couple of quick things come to mind. Um, we have a society right now where one half of the society is saying to the other half of the society, I don't care what you think. I don't want to hear yeah. if you don't agree with me, number one. <laughs> and number two, uh, I was struck where by you talking about the importance to you to spirituality. And and I'm curious, two things. One, how is that important to you in in whatever it is you do as you do the things that you do do? But as important, I think it's safe to say that not only in the United States, but in many countries around the world, spirituality has disappeared. Yeah. People, people no longer have a relationship with whatever that being is, a spirit relationship um, that helps to guide them in, in, in making decisions and how they live their lives. So the two issues, we no longer have respect for each other's opinions if they don't agree with us. That's clear. Uh, we are a divided nation. And two, we've lost our relationship with the spirit, whatever we call them. Mm. You bring up some excellent points. Uh, regarding the spirituality and regarding um, just how we are able to be able to respect each other's thinking. Um, there's diversity in thought. And, and I'll bring this up. Obviously, if, if you're listening, you don't know what I look like. If you're watching, you do know what I look like. Uh, to For the listeners, I am a 
woman of color, a young woman of color who helped launch 28 NASA missions into space using mathematics and science to yep. calculate the probability of catastrophic explosions so we could prevent them. My job was extensive. And I was the sometimes the only woman in a room and sometimes the only person of color on an entire program of 200 or 300 people. So I had to be able to understand how other people were thinking in order so I could communicate with them so they could understand how to save human lives. That was my gift. I could see the future before it could happen. I used the mathematics to prove it, and I had to show it and explain it in a way so human lives could be saved. And it was a very stressful job. And in that process, I realized we all think differently. Just like there's diversity and inclusion within uh, our heritage, we also have diversity and inclusion in our thinking. And let me break that down. We have diversity and inclusion on how we think. Like, for example, you would never, ever know what it's like to be a woman of color in an aerospace environment. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that's like, like one in 31,000 people. I mean, this is like and I would never know what it is like to be in your shoes. Oh, yeah. and I, I just don't, I don't know what it's like to be in your body. I don't know what you see. I'm not your same height. And so it requires us to talk with one another. It requires us to share what we are experiencing and to show, okay, this is our concern and this is our concern. And the, the hope and the goal is, and this is where the spirituality comes in, is that there is enough love between human beings that they will actually sit and, and, and appreciate the fact that they are both human and alive at the same time, yes. that they will choose to support each other's lives that's what being human i think that's what spirituality is being about i personally myself everyone has their own faith i i personally uh follow jesus christ and and believe in god everyone is different and everyone is entitled to their belief system and some people don't believe in god that's fine some people do and that's fine some people have different concepts of that that's fine but my job as a person, as a human being, is to sit and to learn from someone else so we can understand how to save human lives. And when we when we look at things on that process, I realize that the spirituality is making sure humans grow, making sure humans succeed as a body of humanity. And I think that when we look at the opposite, when we see war, when we see division, when we see greed, when we see people trying to come up and cut each other off on the road, I mean, simple things like that, we see the opposite of humanity. And I, I truly believe the trick is for us to be able to look at humanity as a whole. And I, something in which I'm very proud of is that um, just just if we go to uh, just the fact that we are living in a time where we are seeing wars, we are living in a time where we are seeing pandemics, we are living in a time where there is fear like there's no tomorrow. And what fear does is it breaks away humanity. It it ships at humanity. It keeps people from growing and expressing their love for one another. And as, as we can actually look at, it, it's like really, uh, it's science and, and spirituality in my eyes are the same, part of the same of the, 
the same coin, two different sides. If we can understand how to spiritually it allow each of us to grow mentally, psychologically, uh, financially, physically, you name it, all the different areas of growth. If we can look at our mission as that, then the science that we create will match that future. And we can create the reality, tangible reality for things like that to occur. Like, for example, the Amber system. You know how children used to be abducted and then they you would never see them again and then you would not know where they're abducted? Yeah. Well, technology increased to, for us to be able to have the cell phones that will allow uh, to alert on your phone. I'm, I'm not quite sure if it's the same way in, in other places, but that allows the license plate of the card to be identified so the child could be found. Would use yes. technology to be able to help people. So I'm a firm believer that when we look at spirituality as a way to be able to understand and bring people together in a way where they fulfill their life purpose, the science will match that in a way that will be helpful. Now, when we see the opposite of that, we know it's not of God. And that's what my personal belief is. That's all. Awesome. I'm going to ask you one more question, then we're going to turn it over to my friend IQ. Um, you're a scientist. Mm -hmm. You're a mathematician. Mm -hmm. You're in search of facts. Mm -hmm. Yet, I, I genuinely believe that your profession as a scientist, as it relates to the COVID vaccine and the, and the virus, was politicized. Yes. And that the <laughs> so. decisions were being made that had no basis in fact and science whatsoever were told to be science. And if you disagree with somebody, then you're saying you're anti-science. Um, do you have concerns about what's going on in our country when we've basically abandoned the truth of science? Uh, I believe in science and I believe in effective decision making. I believe in numbers. I believe in yeah. looking at the numbers and seeing what's happening because numbers always tell you the truth. If you always look at the numbers, they will always tell you the truth. And that I, I look at numbers as being like God's sign. Bam. There it is. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Like, for example, I, I what I see in a science world is the lack of diversity, diversity and inclusion when it comes to medical health medical health. That's yeah. if I if I take a look at that, like for example, a lot of people don't know is that within a lot of type of research for different drugs, white males are used within the research of the study and it's yes. very rare that it's a, a minority that's used or a woman that is used within the study. So the medicine may work, but it may work only for a certain group of people that has been a part of the study. So yeah. if we include more people of uh, different backgrounds and different socioeconomic areas that may not have the same type of resources and include that within the health and, and medical studies, that will give us better ideas of, oh, Perhaps this drug or perhaps this antibody or perhaps this particular vaccine works best on X, Y, and Z. Yes. Or this particular vaccine doesn't work that well over in this area. So perhaps there needs to be a drug or something made to create uh, a, a re uh, immune response in this group of people. Like, for example, people with uh, who are fighting cancer, a lot of people don't know that the particular uh, vaccines that are out 
the some of the doctors, not all, but some of the doctors are uh, realizing that the vaccines are not as effective because they have compromised immune systems. So there has to be uh, the doctors are looking at other medical approaches to be able to create antibodies in the system so the people can at least still go through their medical cancer treatment and then still yeah. be immune to certain viruses, including the uh, coronavirus. So there has to be consideration within the type of vaccines and the drugs that's used for immunocompromised people. And that's the type of diversity and inclusion that we have to look at when we're creating vaccines, when we're creating these drugs, when we're creating these medical solutions, because not one, not one glove is going to fit every hand. Yes. Well, so, and I noticed um, also with the with the with COVID, one of the problems that was with that was that it was hitting a lot. It was hitting the African American sect a lot harder than it was just regular old white people. <laughs> and I always wondered when they did these 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 tests with these vaccines, did they did they use african-american they were testing these vaccines or did they just go oh well everybody's you know for the first time ever we, we, we had no racism it was uh oh this this one thing will work on everybody uh well, go ahead olympia that there's actually a science reason uh, for that i truly believe that we have to look at the medical documentation and paperwork of all the different vaccines and look at who does that yeah. is this effective and in for example the there's social economic issues too, and the reason why I bring that up is, uh, I know I don't know about other places, but I'm in Los Angeles, and so in Los Angeles, there's pockets and communities. There's like communities where it could be all Jewish, and then communities where it be all white, yep. and communities yep. would be all Latin or black. It's a diverse area, but there's different pockets and communities, and that's what it, they talk about community spread. Um, it's social economic reasoning behind the spread of, of the COVID-19 virus. If you look at medical studies and, and type of uh, research, when people are in close, confined environments with the very few rooms in the house and very few areas to be able to isolate from, let's say if there's five people in a two-bedroom apartment, Let's say this is a low-income, uh, struggling family trying to handle itself, and one person gets yeah. sick. Sick. There's not room for that person to isolate, and so as a result, that person will uh, infect other people. And it may have nothing to do with the fact that the, it's a uh, a group of uh, people in the ethnic situation. It has a fact. Do the fact is they don't have room. They don't have room to spread out. And it's yeah. a socioeconomic issue in that case where money plays a part on whether or not people stay immune. And some people have the ability, if they have income and their savings, to just completely work from home and not go anywhere. Some people don't have that option. They have to interface with people. So we that's the part of the looking at the diversity and inclusion within creating medical help based on lifestyle and based on the the heritage that someone has in their DNA. Olympia, um, I'm not going to ask a question. I'm going to give you an invitation. <laughs> um, I own a network called Blacks and Whites. We are in 7 million households across the country. Mm -hmm. And we have a number of programs. One of them is called Moms Across America. It's yeah. a place for women to talk about issues that are important for women. And I'd like, you to, I'd like to talk to you after the show or soon about being a guest on that show with our moms. 
Oh, it would be my honor. Thank you. Super. So, IQ, what do you have for Olympia? Because you you have been sitting back just patiently listening. (laughs) I don't know. IQ, can you hear us? You're unmuted. I don't know if IQ might have stepped out. Or maybe he's got microphone issues. IQ, can you hear us, my friend? Okay, well, we'll we'll let IQ work on that. So, so Olympia, your your books. Um, how do we get your books? How do we get involved with what you're doing? Oh, great! Do you know what I love? Um, helping people think in effective ways so they find solutions, whether it be in education or whether it be in a corporate environment or making decisions for bodies of people. Um, I do virtual talks in the pandemic. I know that every place was different uh, and some people would have live shows some people wouldn't have live shows. I personally am one of those people that I'm at home. I'm taking care of my family and I I always want to make sure that they are safe. And so I decided to create virtual talks and these virtual talks are the ability for people to tune in to keynotes uh, virtually where they can get the keynote talk and have it tailored to their organization. And that's on answersunleash.com. And I work with different organizations and uh, universities and corporations and governmental institutions and nonprofits to be able to bring these talks to inspire people to be future thinkers. And if you go to answersunleash.com and you'll see two virtual talks, you'll see the virtual talks that's there, as well as if you go to my website, olympialapointe.com, you can check out um, my background as well as check out my books that are on the site under olympialapointe.com. So, Olympia, you recently wrote an article about the fear of war. Talk to us a little bit more about this, and uh, I know that IQ and Dan and me will have some questions for you on this. Oh, gosh. Well, war is, I think that's the exact opposite of humanity. I I think we would all agree with that, right? Yes. (laughs) Like, war is the the exact opposite of people coming together and people supporting each other and people uh, really being there for one one another. And I remember it was a a late uh, speaker that said this. I remember she making a note of this in one of her books. She said, that wars, most wars, her in her opinion, most wars were built on greed. And I thought to myself, huh, is that true? Do I agree with that statement? Does that logically make sense to me? And so I started thinking about this. Greed comes in many different forms. Greed can come in the form of uh, wanting to have land, more land than the next person. Yeah. And greed can come in the form of holding back reserves, uh, um, earth uh, reserves like people need, like energy, uh, fuel, nuclear power, uh, things of that sort. It could also be within money, uh, ciphering and, and taking, uh, uh, we see the hacking of the cryptocurrencies and, and we see. Yes. Um, the Bitform platform not being as secured as what they originally marketed it to be in some particular situations, you know? So we see see war happening in different areas. And, And when I start thinking about that, is that 
when we look at war as not fighting over a belief system, but fighting over what's the, what, what is someone trying to hoard? Yeah. I think that puts things into perspective. If we look at all wars as what is someone trying to hoard? What is someone trying to do? Like if we look at World War II, uh, there was... A lot of people don't know this about the space industry, and I think it's very fascinating. Um, in World War II, there was the rise of Nazi Germany, obviously, and there were people all across the world that was doing its best to prevent one leadership. And one person was trying to be the leader of all these different nations, trying to hoard, like, the nations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one way of just looking at trying to hoard the nations of, of, of situations. And the United States and, uh, and the Soviet Union at the time decided to recruit a scientist from the Soviet, uh, from uh, some uh, Nazi Germany to be able to work on missile and defense. People yeah. don't realize that we have our top scientists that came to the United States because they didn't want war. I mean, the, the yeah. people don't realize yeah. this. And so we have the ability to use science and technology, engineering, mathematics to prevent wars, to create opportunities that are going to help people in the future. And when we look at science and technology, engineering and mathematics as a way to actually not be scared of the future with it, but actually as a way to be able to bring people together with it. That's when we look at the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics as a tool for humanity, a tool to bring people together. So the wars will eliminate a hoarding mentality, and we can create an innovative mentality where people want to work with one another from different countries, want to have financial systems with other countries, want to be able to have that because there is this... Uh, overlying respect for human nature. Now, not yes. everybody's going to agree, and there's going to be always sociopaths in society, and that's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you're, it's the truth. You're, I'm just, I'm just, you're, you're truth. real about the whole thing. <laughs> so, so we have to identify sociopaths and yes. call them out. Yes. And, and that's the key thing. So, And then we establish systems where people are working together on a level where it respects each background and there's a, a a balance in the situation and not support situations that are completely opposite of humanitarian type of approaches that's amazing I, I, i'll tell you 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 are no wonder you you launched 28 rockets into space my lord um so dan Listening to sure. Olympia here, what 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 do you have for her? Because uh, she just kind of laid it all out there. I did like the line about sociopaths because you you're just never going to get around them. <laughs> I, I, I just saw a note that IQ is with us. Are you there, bud? Can you I, hear me? Yes, yeah. we we finally have IQ. I'll tell you what happened. They cut me off Skype. <laughs> you had to restart the computer. You had to restart Skype. Olympia for some reason. I have been honored to receive your emails on a weekly basis. Oh. I received the latest one now. I think it's called re, re, 
something. Hold on. Rebalancing. Absolutely, yes. Yes. Oh, thank you for being a part of my my. Uh, yeah, I don't know how letters. it happened, but I've been receiving it. Thank you. You are too optimistic about life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an. I'm not a pessimist. Honestly, I'm a very rational person, but you are way out in 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 the universe. Honestly, we are talking about a world now which is upside down, inside out, as Dan said. Over 50% of the American population, if 81 million people voted for Biden, must be brain dead. They must be brain dead. I mean... They should have voted for Bernie. Believe, but believe it or not, Olympia, before, he, <laughs> before Biden was elected, this program with James and Dan and myself, we warned Americans again and again and again that they shouldn't elect him, but they did. I, I love what you want to do. But honestly, I don't look at it in a very positive way <laughs> because humanity is, you're right. All you said is correct. I'm not disputing it. But to expect rational thinking from irrational human beings, I find it very difficult. <laughs> Back to you. You're, you that is, and there's, a, there's room for your ideas, too. Believe <laughs> <laughs> me, there is. There is. Your ideas also. But, but, but IQ, what, what you're also saying is that we need more optimists like Olympia. I agree with you. But we are, we're talking to people now. They don't want to listen to you. They don't want to listen to me. They don't want to listen to James, and they don't want to listen to Olympia. Why? Because we are not thinking the same way they are thinking. Right. Well, there is such thing as being able to operate from the same source of facts. But they don't deal with facts. And 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 that and that's, like that's, actually, <laughs> that's one of the issues. It's that sometimes, and I've noticed this, that there is not the true information online. Yes. And I'll, I'll break it down and I'll break it down with this. Really? Now, we, all, we all know that there's a whole lot of fake news online and I'll break it down with this really simple story. So it makes sense. Sure. I remember I was applying once to be a full-time professor at a, a, an institution and I, I didn't choose to work there later on because there was another opportunity that came up. But one of the questions was, what's the answer to this math problem? And th they gave the professors this math problem that they had to answer. So naturally, what you want to do is Google it, right? <laughs> I mean, most people would want, if we're at the, the, most people at this day and age want to Google the information and see what they find, right? So I put in the exact words, Google it, and they had the solution up there. And I looked at it, and I'm like, and they had a couple of people have the solution up there. And I look, it wasn't just one person. It was like maybe five people that came up with the same answer and they did it, that solution. And I looked and I'm like, something feels off with this. And I'm not quite sure what it is. And I went and talked to one of my friends that was working at uh, the institution I was at at the time. I was a fellow colleague and I asked the fellow math professor, I'm like, I saw this particular question on the application. She goes, oh, I've seen that. That's in my book. And so she put on <laughs> book. It was a mathematics That's book. Awesome. That was from 1923. <laughs> and she pulled out the book from 1923 that had the exact solution in it. And guess what? The solution in the book was 100% different than the solution that was online. This That's is a math awesome. Problem. 
And there was only one answer, 18. <laughs> the number 18 was the answer. All the answers online was 273. Wow. They wanted people to Google it and copy the answer thinking that that was the right solution. And this was this was probably like 10 years ago. And when I saw that, and when I saw this book, which was the proper way to do it based on the the three-dimensional calculus rotation, it was a that was that type of problem. It was kind of yeah. complex. Yeah. When I saw the real answer, 18, in comparison to the, the false answers online, that was my first indication 10 years ago. I said, oh, my God, half of this information that people are reading online is not true. What else is what else is out there that people are reading that's not true? And that was my first indication that people are operating off of different set of facts, thinking yes. that something is accurate that is not. And it took a simple math problem for me to see the loophole of what's happening in society today, which is a lot of people are Googling information, looking at videos that has not been checked out or accredited or fact checked. And assuming <laughs> those are the facts. And the reality is, is not. Well, one we're of the, seeing all one, that happen. One of the things, you, you bring up math. And this, this is the thing that I find so strange about math. Is that when, when I was taught math in the 80s in school, it's completely different than what math is now. Why is it that this Common Core stuff is such a big deal? Because I I got some, someone handed me some Common Core math, and I looked at this, and they want you to do all this stuff, and I'm like, why not just add it up and be done with it? <laughs> explain <laughs> you know this Common. Why? Explain this to it, me. Being a math the newer expert, newer generation does not know the how to sit down still. I mean, that sounds odd, but if you look at this, the later generation, I'd say people that are 35 and younger have a difficulty sitting down still. And they try to change the way that mathematics is shown to keep them preoccupied by sitting down for a long period of time to do the mathematics. <laughs> Dan, that, 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 what, what, what do you think odd, about it's this? It's like true. It is, it, so what we're seeing is a different ability of focus in the generations of people. This the, is the generation, I'm like I'm 45 and I'm very proud of my age. Every you don't year look that I'm 45, alive. by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Oh, I really love your compliments. Thank you. I'm 45. <laughs> and I realize that every year I'm alive is important. And my how I think is completely different than somebody six years younger than me. And yeah. then 10 years younger than me. Yeah. And then 20 years younger than me. And it's a different ability to be able to focus because the technology, I didn't have the same technology that they had when they were growing up. Yeah. And now we see like the young kids having a smartphone at the age of eight, flipping through things oh, and yeah. knowing how to save things and I download things and turn on YouTube videos. And you're, and you're thinking to yourself, what are they watching? Where are they going to? And there's all these parents' fear of what's happening because – the students and the kids now do not have the same foundation that existed from before. So I feel, my, this is my personal belief, that it is our obligation to be able to bring our kids back to the, 
the core level and tell them the facts and tell them how alert, teach them how to decipher when they're looking up stuff, how some things are actual factual and some things are fake and be able to have a discerning mind through the ability to discern what is happening. So they won't be fooled by somebody who's telling them something that is not true. Olympia, you're asking them to do the impossible, which is critical thinking, not critical, critical thinking. race thinking, but they could critical thinking. Critical thinking. Critical. I remember thinking. when I was a kid. I'm much older than you and handsomer. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so you figure it out. <laughs> very old, very, very ugly. That's why I don't show myself. <laughs> we were we were taught to use critical thinking. We were punished, actually. Punished not physically, punished by not giving me ice cream or whatever something I wanted for not using critical thinking. And we succeeded. All my generation are successful people, all of them. Honestly, I haven't got a single friend of mine who graduated school who is not a successful person. Mm. This is not a boast, it's a fact. But I'm looking at my children and grandchildren, and I'm telling you, it's very disappointing. Very disappointing. No critical thinking. As you said, you've got the smartphone. We don't know what the hell they're looking at. <laughs> we don't know what they're understanding. But that's what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's critical thinking is what's going to get us to the answers that we need for the world. Absolutely. Critical thinking is yeah. going to get us out of climate change. Critical thinking is going to get us out of a war. Critical thinking is going to allow us to keep flying to space. Critical thinking is going to make sure that we still have clean water in the next 10 years. That's critical thinking. And as we can start realizing we need to pull this, pull this back, pull this back, start showing people how to be able to decipher, literally give them a test. There used to be on TV, there used to be the after school specials where it tell you how like safety, like don't put your fork, don't put a fork in a toaster because you'll like shoot yourself. Yes. <laughs> don't put, you know, like there, it used to be the, the videos and, and TV programs that was on the TV right after some of the programs on the network channels in the 1980s that will show kids how to be able to critically think about how to do things and take care of themselves. I, I truly believe that we deserve that again. We deserve that for our youth and we also deserve that for our young adults who have not mastered the ability to start critically thinking like, how is this decision that I'm going to make right now going to affect what's going to happen right next? Because it, yep. if the, the critical thinkers are the people that are able to immediately look at what's going to happen. If I do this, what's what immediately going to happen in the next five seconds, what's going to immediately happen in the next two minutes and what's going to immediately happen within tomorrow and the next five days. When someone's mind critically thinks like that, they're able to see the future rapidly. And so when they see a future that they don't like, like, mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't put my money here. Maybe I should put my money over here. Maybe I should put my money in this stock. Like, for example, we see uh, electrical cars going to be all in the, the mode. Why not start investing in everything that it takes to create electrical cars? Yep. Things like yep. that. We see this coming down the line. We have the ability to create this this critical thinking ability in people so they start moving themselves out of the fear of war and start bringing themselves into reality with a, a set of facts that's dealing yeah. with critical thinking that will allow them to create a solution for themselves at that moment so they can create a solution for other people. Olivia, it happens that up to your age group, 
we had had Homo sapiens sapien. Now we have only Homo sapien. What does that mean? Yeah, that's exactly Explain this a little bit the, more. The present generation is Homo sapien. <laughs> it's not Homo sapiens sapien. That's for sure. Dan, what do you think? I, I think that honestly. Yeah, honestly, I'm talking to you honestly. Yeah. I, I really think that technology has been a blessing and curse. Uh, Everything is a blessing and curse. Everything. And I, I, I believe that we have to start harnessing technology and using it so we realize that human brains are are faster than the technology. People are relying on technology to raise their kids. They're relying on technology to be able to handle solutions. And when the computer doesn't have an answer, they're lost. I truly yes. believe that we need to take technology into this rightful place of it's there as a tool to help us, but our job is to be able to know it without it. I think that's what we need to do. And so I, I think that the difference between myself and people who are younger than me is that the technology that they've been exposed to, we have to be able to use technology in a way to create critical thinking in people. We have the ability now and we have the ability to be able to change the way that people see themselves in the world. All it takes is one person with, all it takes is one person to create that movement. And that one person could simply create a, a program. That one person could be a millionaire and pre, put money down to, towards something like that. That one person could be a radio show host. There's one person out there. And that person is going to do it. Dan, how about you? Well, well, I, uh, well uh, do I have your vote? If so. <laughs> yes, yes, we have your vote. You have our vote. <laughs> if so, I'll show, connect me with the right people and I'll do it. I, I truly believe that uh, we are in the next... You know how the printing press was defined and how there was a lot of people before the printing press? It's not like you were alive back then. I'm talking to you like if you were alive. But like I was, I was, press. I was. Don't worry. From, like a, historical, from historical point to you, I was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the printing press, uh, before the printing press, the, only the elite had the ability to read. Yep. And then when the yep. printing press came out, then more people had the ability to read. And, and still... It, it was reading was something that was a privilege. It wasn't even offered to all groups of people after that. It wasn't uh, offered to yep. um, certain. It wasn't offered to the slaves that was there. It wasn't offered to a lot of people. And so the printing press was the transformation of of innovation and in how society grew. We're in that moment again. The pandemic forced us to be in this moment. Yep. How are we going to take hold of this to actually start educating people in a new way? That is the million dollar question. And I believe that's going to be solved within the next 10 years. If we survive this war today. We will. We will. We will. We had a situation um, where the education system in the country became corrupted. And it took the pandemic and it took distance learning that brought the classroom into the kitchen for the parents to begin to see what was being taught in the schools, how it was being taught, and how the minds of their children would be corrupted uh, that had nothing to do with 
basic reading, math, yeah. and language. And so um, we have this movement of parents across the country who are trying desperately to take back the control of how their children are being educated and what they're being educated about. Uh, because if we look at the educational process and we measure the results by looking at test scores at various grade levels, we find that we're falling behind many other countries of the world. We're no longer the leaders. We're, we're down the, the food chain because we've corrupted the education system. We've, we take, for example, you said you talked about the smartphones. We haven't taught the children to be able to differentiate between what is truth and what is not truthful on when they do a Google search. And yeah. so we have built a society that is looking at Facebook or Twitter or Google as the ultimate authorities. And so if Twitter and Facebook and Google say Trump is a bastard and he should never be elected president again, uh, they are influencing a significant number of people who take those comments and those positions of social media, whether it's on computer or on smartphone, as gospel. And they don't have the fundamental background to discern whether or not what they're reading or hearing is truth because they've been instructed that these sources can be trusted. I truly believe that you have to double check anything and everything. I, I'd never believe that you're supposed to read something and tr truly think it's 100% accurate. And, and that's what I have always taught my students, that what I taught. You have to look and see how is this credible. Yeah. I, I truly believe that I'm going to respond with three parts how we are able to see if something's credible, what the teachers are thinking, and how the the school systems are running. One is, when I was teaching as a professor, I would always tell my students, there's a lot of fake information out there. And I would tell them the, the story about how I looked online for a math problem it was the wrong answer. I, hey, I I'll tell story. you, that is, that is a fantastic way to... <laughs> explain that to people it, it, it is it's <laughs> true and it was my first hand account and i'm and i'm like you were gonna read a lot of stuff that's fake but if there's always there's this spiritual saying if something is true it's always going to be confirmed two or three times yeah it's going to be confirmed in a way in which it's going to be it's, it's going to hit your spirit where you know that's the truth it's not like any question. You will know. And yeah. there's always signs when you read articles, when you read data. There's always cross-references. There's things that uh, exist that will correspond to something that you already know is true. Or they give you references to something else that is already checked out and well-documented. And so what I would always do is have my students like, okay, this person is telling you this. It may come even from a source that you, that you think is true. You still need to check it out. Yes. It's like, it's like someone giving you candy and going, eat this. You're not going to eat it unless you know where it's coming from. <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's the same concept of like a stranger giving you candy here. I mean, you're not going to take it from somebody you don't know. And then if you have, if you do take it, you got to check it out. Like you got to like, you got to check out the wrapper, make sure nothing's in it. You know I mean, 
basic thing. That same process goes to the internet. You're given something. You got to check it out. Even if it's from a source you think is true, check it out, inspect it. Is it true? Is this good for me? If yeah. it's not, throw it out. And and the second thing is the teachers. The teachers are in a really terrible bind across the entire uh, United States. Yeah, they're following the instructors. Um, they're fo- they're following their principals and they're following school districts. And unfortunately, the school districts are not um, as well equipped to be able to handle political differences within groups. And you see different different school districts, depending on where it is in the United States, operating differently based on political ideas. Yes. And the it's the truth is there's this there's a common set of facts that we all should know. Like one plus one plus well, uh, two plus two is four. Yes. And that's true only if you're in a metric space. Like that I'm gonna break it down for you. Two plus two is always going to equal four when you're in a certain setting. Yes. But two plus two can equal more than four if you understand more aspects about the foundation of what you're dealing with. Meaning you are you people are in this type of uh Teachers are in this type of situation where they're following their district and the district is following what some what some outsiders should say. And the outsiders are not informed or educated themselves. Yes. So it's like this cycle of of moving not on the facts that's causing everybody to point fingers and blame one another, which prevents problem solving. And prevents finding answers. And then the third aspect is that when you have um, the parents, the parents are in the the school watching the, uh, in the Zoom and listening, like what's going on. Some of the parents don't know the information themselves. That I'm too. just real with you. That too. I'm real with you. Some of the parents haven't been educated themselves, and they're putting their own children in there. And this is the first time they're looking at it, thinking to themselves, oh, "Is that true or not?" Well, and they don't know. And you and you have hit something on the head here, Olympia, that I just find absolutely, you know, amazing. And and you you sum this up. Um, one of the things that happened in this Virginia race was everybody kept saying, oh, my God, they're teaching critical race theory to kindergartners or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> and I'm like, critical race theory is a college course. They're not teaching this in middle school, course. guys. And the parents and the parents went to all these school board meetings and they're like, oh, my God, they're teaching critical race theory to my 11 year old. And I'm like, no, they're not. But the one thing that Dan has brought up on this show several times is that it got parents involved in the schooling. And that's the thing that I think is is, you know, regardless of all this stuff, that's what's happened is that parents went. You know, yeah, they might have went to the school board meeting and they might have been talking about something that's totally not happening, but they're still taking an interest in their kid's school. And that's the thing that Dan's brought up on several occasions. Well, that is a good thing. But that's a good thing. So it's a double edged sword. We have parents that are willing to learn and parents that think they already know and they don't know. Yes. So you're dealing with that type of dynamic and all the group, everybody, no matter who you 
talk to, if they're showing up at meetings, it's because they care. Yes. We got to really And that's the thing that Dan like has that said on so many we occasions. Have to look at the people who are showing up to meetings. They're the people that are actually trying to do the right thing. They're yes. trying to do the right thing. And I, I'm a firm believer that every parent is important, no matter what they think or how they think about things, because they're trying to do the best thing for their child. Yeah. And I think it would be beneficial that there would be parent courses. how about a course for the parents because a lot of parents are operating off of different facts why not there be a course for free course for all the parents that want to to find out about know what's going on yeah because i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure a lot of parents are stressed themselves they're in a pandemic they they don't know what their their child is learning they they don't have yes. time to figure out what their child is learning. Yes. They're like, is my was my child learning the truth about what happened in history, or they're learning something that's fake? And they may or may not even know the history themselves, or they may think something's yes. fake and it'll be actually well documented. And so I think there's an opportunity to engage and embrace all the parents as who they are, loving people who are doing their best to try and help their children. Yes. And I really, truly believe if we embrace and look at all the parents, no matter what side of the aisle that they're on, but look at each one of them as trying to come together as being able to learn the facts of the situation and give the parents options to be able to have their own parent class, not not of how to parent, but to know some of the key things in which maybe wasn't taught in schools earlier. And so to give them an option to be able to choose if they believe it or they don't believe it and then give them that option because i think a lot of people are operating off of fear simply because of things that they don't know well as we wrap up here let's start with um iq iq how do we get your books and then we're going to go to dan and olympia and everything my books are on amazon barnes and noble lifting the veil the true faces of muhammad and islam but all you have to do is Google my name, Al Rasuli, A L R A S W O L I. Olivia, it was a pleasure being with you. Oh, I am so happy to have been on the show with you, and I I love your expertise and background, and thank you. So Dan, uh, bring yes, us sir. up to speed on all your projects, the nonprofit, and everything. Well, songs and stories for soldiers, which is the foundation that we set up uh, for helping. Soldiers deal and veterans deal with PTSD, sleep deprivation, and suicide prevention. Uh, over the weekend, we were told we were upgraded into the silver category by Charity Navigator, which is an organization that reviews nonprofits for their disclosure wow. and other information. So we got a, we got a bump up. We're thrilled with that, um, and it will be important to people who are thinking about making a donation to the organization because. As you go up the ladder, as far as uh, recognition and disclosure, uh, people feel more comfortable giving money to uh, to those organizations. The new book, um, Sad Eyes, is in presale. Should be available at uh, Barnes and Noble and all the usual places towards the end of this month. Uh, and um, Radio uh, Black and White is just going crazy, and I'm looking to the opportunity to to get the contact information on Olympia so we can invite her to talk to our moms soon. And um, I'm recuperating very quickly uh, from the from the heart attack and uh, actually did a walk today. And 
I'm approaching 3,000 steps a day and uh, want to get back up to maybe five to 8,000 steps a day over time. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you, and I look forward to talking to you off the air soon. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been so much fun. I love you guys. Thank you so much. So, (laughs) Olympia, uh, you've got books tv shows radio shows you're 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 all over the place how do we how do we buy your books and get involved with what you're doing thank you so much uh, you can go to both my websites olympialapointe.com and answersunleashed.com on both websites you are able to download my books i have three books uh, the first one is mathophobia how you can overcome your math fears and become a rocket scientist you can download That's it as awesome. well as purchase a copy to be sent to you uh there's the, all you have to do is click on a button to get that done and then my second book is there answers unleashed the science of unleashing your brain's power is there you can download that book by the click of a button as well as you can order it to be sent to you as well as my latest book answers unleashed Two: the science of attracting what you want and that is the book most recently that has been in uh newsweek i've been on abc news been on the doctor's I've been on NBC, Peacock, and I'm honored to share that news and that content with you on your show here today. And if you go to AnswersUnleashed.com, you can download that uh, book and well as you can order it for uh, your school district if you're interested in it or or order it for your uh, organization. I do keynote talks, virtual keynote talks to support the content of my latest book. And you're welcome to go to AnswersUnleashed.com and contact us and let us know you're interested and we can um, I'll have my agents come and contact you and we can make it happen. So you can educate and create critical thinking for the people in your organization so they create the future that you want. Well, Olympia, you are fantastic. Um, wherever you're hiding that fountain of youth, you need to bottle that stuff and uh, get it out there, my friend. Because uh, <laughs> Thank you. And, it's called and, water. It's <laughs> <laughs> called water. That is awesome. Well, uh, Olympia, hang on for just a second so Dan can get your information. And uh, that about wraps it up here from our big broadcast. And uh, we thank everybody for joining us here on our program and uh peace and chicken grease and we will definitely see you next time thanks for joining us if you're joining us on the uh on the website thank you if you're joining us on the uh on the shenanigans that is jiggyjaguar.com thank you for that as well and uh I am going to uh, do like, you know, I need to do like David Letterman, although that was not a radio show. That was a uh, that was a TV show. But I need to do like Letterman where I just take my jacket off and leave. Um, (laughs) Does anybody remember when he used to do that crap? Um, So with that in mind. Thanks for joining us. And it is indeed replay time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.